You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. All the time. I always like to start with something a little funny. It's not really a joke, but it was a cute little story I read today. It said the captain of this ship saw that his ship was fastly sinking. So he frantically said, does anybody here on board know how to pray? And only one sailor stepped up and said, aye, aye, Captain, I know how to pray. He said, good son, begin praying while we put our life jackets on. We're one short. (laughs) Now tonight, I don't want to keep you too long. I tell people I'm not going to keep you any longer than Liz Taylor kept her fifth husband. I'm going to read my text to you tonight. It's found in the Old Testament, Genesis 24, 63. The title of my message tonight is, The Camels Are Coming. Okay, the camels are coming. All right, now I'm going to read my text and then I'm going to put a picture up here and you tell me there's somebody on a camel and you tell me if you know who it is. My text says, Moses wrote this, and he said in Genesis 24, 63, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the even time. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw, and behold, the camels were coming. Now I'm going to show you a picture and you see if you know who this is. That's Karen Henderson. When we were in Israel, she rode a camel. She's not here tonight. I was going to pick on her, so you pick on her. Said, you missed it. You were on the big screen tonight, and you missed it, okay? So uh, some of us rode a camel when we were in Israel, and Karen is on that camel right there. See the panic in her eyes, or can you see it, okay? Genesis 24, 63. I read that in your hearing. Isaac went out in the field to meditate. When I was in Bible college, my favorite subject in all of the years that I was there was typology. I love the study of typology. It's where there's types and shadows in the Old Testament that tell you of things that are to come. For instance, in my message tonight, Abraham is a type of God the Father. And Isaac is a type of Jesus, the son. And Eliezer, which is Abraham's servant, is a type of the Holy Spirit. And Rebekah is a type of the the bride of Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to talk for a couple minutes about camels. Okay, not the cigarettes. Okay, but camels, the animal. Okay, I thought I'd better clarify that. A camel is called the ship of the desert. And I think most of us, if not all of us, know why. A camel can either have one hump or two humps. If it has one hump, it is usually ridden. If it has two humps, usually it's to carry baggage. That's the usual par for the course. And it's known for its ability to go for long periods of time, Pastor Aaron, without any water. We know that. Okay, and a camel can drink up to 40 gallons of water at a time. That's a lot of water. 
Okay. Now, Dr. Turner would like that, but I don't. That's a lot of water. They can travel eight to nine miles an hour. And the thing that fascinates me about these camels is they've got two stomachs. And that's one place where they can store everything that needs to be stored for long periods of time. They've got two sets of eyelids. That's fascinating. They have two sets because when they're in the desert and there is a desert storm, they can shut the first eyelid so that the sand will not go into their eyes, but yet they can still see and travel right through the sandstorm. You know, the other animals could not do that. You could not do that, but the camel was designed and the camel was equipped to be able to do that. It's got a keen sense of smell. It says, and a keen sense of sight. And they, they have, uh, uh, well, let's see, big thick soles on the bottom of their feet to protect them from the heat of the desert. So I just wanted you to get a picture of kind of, of a camel. And, and they were used a lot for uh, transportation in the days of Jesus. Um, and so um, they couldn't take a donkey in the desert. They couldn't take that you could for a short time, maybe, or just a brief period, but it was the camel that was the ship of the desert. Now, tonight I want to paint a picture. I like what Mary said. We're going on a journey tonight. I like to paint pictures because it really happened like this in one way or another. I want you to imagine, I, I tell most people that I know that, you know, to me, evening time, when the sun begins to set, to me, that's kind of a lonely time of day. Now, you might not see that or maybe disagree with me, but to me, that's when I, you know, I, I, I just feel kind of lonely when it gets to be that time of day. Now, I want you to picture, here is Abraham. He's got a son named Isaac. He's married to Sarah, and this is Sarah's boy, Isaac. It's mama's pride and joy. You see, um, Abraham had other children, but Sarah did not. This was her one and only. He was a lonely only, and she loved her boy. Well, Isaac was marrying age now, and he wanted a wife. And so his father said to his servant, Eliezer, it was a trusted servant. He called Eliezer into his tent one night. And he said, I want you to put your hand under my thigh, just a sign of an oath or a promise. I want you to make me a promise, Eliezer. I want you to go and find my son a bride. How would you like for your father or your mother to pick your spouse? Usually when I was dating, my mother didn't like the boys I liked. Okay. And, uh, but, but anyway, he put his hand under Abraham's thigh and he said, I will go find Isaac, a wife. And he said, but she's got to meet a couple qualifications. It'd be nice. I heard Pastor Aaron say the other day, I not only married a looker, but I married a cooker. He, she's a looker in a cooker. That's what he said. Now, it would have been nice if Isaac's wife could have been a looker and a cooker. But what was important to Daddy Abraham was the fact he said, I don't want her from here among the locals. I want her from another country. Go to a far country. Go into Mesopotamia and get her. And he said, and then she must be willing, sight unseen, 
to say that she's going to travel to a far away land and come and marry a man that she's never met and never seen before. She's got to be willing to do that. So Eliezer, and the last thing that Abraham said to him is I want you to take 10 camels. And as I tried to picture this in my mind, there must have been more than 10, and I don't know that. It just mentions 10. But I'm sure that uh, all of the riches that Eliezer took with him to give this bride-to-be, I mean, he took gold and earrings and bracelets and golden nuggets. He took the works, anything. And you know, back then, I hate to say this, Mom and Dad, but they did have nose rings back then. And so he took a few nose rings, and he took a, a few other things to entice this woman to come back to Canaan with him. Okay, so here they are. He's got 10 camels laden. So I somehow think there must have been a couple more camels that they had ridden to carry their own supplies and, and ride themselves. But they take all these camels and they're headed from Canaan to Mesopotamia. Now I tried to see and I Googled many different times and I got several different uh, amounts of miles. But the most consistent amount of miles was 749 miles across desert and it said it would take 12 hours and 18 minutes to travel that by car today can you imagine how long it took but I want to go through the story but the text says and it was evening time and Isaac went out in the field to meditate I can meditate out in the field, can you? Out where it's all alone in nature and just God's trees and God's grass. He went out to meditate. And as he was meditating, he saw something. The sun was just about ready to sink in the sky. And he saw something. And he shaded his eyes. And he said, that, could that be Eliezer's caravan? Is that the servant, my dad's servant, coming back? And he saw the camels coming. And I believe that as Rebecca sat on the back of one of those camels, she was trying to get a glimpse of the man that she was about to marry. You know, married at first sight on television. Mm -hmm. Rebecca and Isaac were married at first sight. But what I wanted to tell you was Eliezer said, I will go. I will go to Mesopotamia and I will do as you have commanded. So here he goes to Mesopotamia and the closer he gets to Mesopotamia, he's just about to Nahor, the city of Nahor. And the closer he gets there, he kind of puts out a fleece. How many of you knows what that means? putting out a fleece okay uh, I'll just briefly explain that one day God told Gideon to do something Gideon wasn't sure he said you want me you know he said me he squeaked like a mouse and God said yeah you're not a mouse you're a mighty man of valor and and uh, Gideon said if this is really you I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm going to put a fleece out here off the sheep, off the lamb. And he says when I get up of the morning I want the ground dry and the fleece wet the next morning he got up, the ground was dry, and the fleece was wet. Hmm, must be God. Well, God, I'm going to do this one more time. I'm going to put that fleece back out tonight, and it's going to be dry, and the ground's going to be wet, vice versa. And so that's what they called putting out a fleece. So the, the closer that Eliezer got to Mesopotamia, he got about to Nahor, and he put out a fleece. He said, God, this is an important task. I am to find a bride for my master's son. And, and she's got to meet certain qualifications. So he said, I not only think that she should look good and be in all these other things, but he said, I want the right, he's more or less, he said, send the right girl along. 
Send the right girl along. Let the right damsel come right past my way. And he says, and I'm going to ask her for a drink. And if it's the right girl, if it's the one for Isaac, I want her to say, well, let me not only give you a drink, but let me water all them thirsty camels. Okay, now they can drink between 20 and 40 gallons. Now that's some girl. She had to be strong. She had to be industrious. You know, she had to be hospitable. I mean, I would have liked Eliezer, but to stand there and, 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 and 40, 400 times or 200 times go down in that well and pull it up and, and uh, those dirty, flea-bitten, smelly camels and water all them camels. Well, that's what she, he saw this young lady coming. Okay, and when she came, he looked at her. She was a looker. And he looked at her and he said, uh, I'm awful thirsty. Would you give me a drink? And then he paused and hesitated. And she said, well, sir, I will give you a drink. And I will not only give you a drink, but can I water your camels as well? Hot dog. There she stood right in front of him. There she stood. God's answer to prayer. You know, I'll just... I'm going to take a little bunny trail here long enough to tell you. I'd ordered my sister something for, Christ, for Christmas or birthday. They're close. And um, it didn't quite work out. So we returned it. And um, it, it cost around $300. So they weren't returning my money. And they weren't returning the, the, the gift. They had the gift and they had the money. So uh, my dream was... She thought, well, maybe we should just forget it. I said, forget it, nothing. We're not going to forget that $300. That's my $300. Uh, so anyway, I got on the phone. I, we wrote down. Midra called a few times. I called a few times. We wrote down. We called 11 times. And they would either hang up on us or put us on hold or disconnect. They did all kind of things. They, 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 I mean, I talked to Vanessa three times, and I've talked to Leon and Harry and Megan. I've talked, talked about everybody there. Finally, one day, I laid my hands on the phone, and I said, Lord, let the right person answer this phone. Some woman answered. She says, this is Rachel. I said, Rachel, I don't know if you're a believer or not, but I am. And I prayed that the right person would answer this phone, and I'm going to have to believe that you are the right person. She said, how can I help you? And I told her. I said, I've talked to, and I read all them names off. I said, I got your ID numbers. I got dates. I got everything that I need. And she said, I'll call you back tomorrow. And I said, Rachel, don't hang up. I've heard that before. Don't hang up. If I had a nickel for every time I, I heard that, I wouldn't need my $300. I said, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Anyway, she says, no, I will call you back tomorrow. She called me back the next day. And just last week, I got a check in the mail. You see, when you invite Jesus into the situation... I laid my hands on the phone, and I said, I want the right person to answer this time. We have not because we ask not. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, and oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And here was Eliezer. He invited the, the master. He invited God into the situation. Okay? And after she watered all them thirsty camels, it was about dark, he said, here, I got something for you. And it says he gave her bracelets, and he gave her rings, and he gave her gold. And he says, what's your name anyway? 
you live around here? She said, yeah, there's room at my house. Come on, I'm inviting you for supper. She just invited him for supper. So Eliezer and his crew, whatever size they were, went to Rebecca's house for supper. And when they got there, they said they laid all kinds of food and it mentioned all kinds of meats in front of them. But Eliezer looked at her father. He met the father, the uncle. He met the family. And he said, before I eat of this meat, I got to tell you why I come. It's stirring. I'm on a mission. I'm not just here touring your city. I'm not here on vacation. I'm not going to check in at the Marriott. I came here today. I got a mission to do. And he says, I come to find a wife for my master's son. And he begins to talk. And he said, my master's a godly man. My master's a rich man. And he goes on and on. And daddy stood up. And daddy says, well, as far as I'm concerned, you can have her. That's what he said. He says, as far as I'm concerned, she can go. But he said, let's bring her down. And let a, let's ask her what she says. So they brought Rebecca down. And when Rebecca stood before him and Eliezer began to explain his mission, I like it. It's here in, I'm, I stayed in chapter 28 all this time. It says, and she says, I will go. So the father did say this. Could she stay just 10 days? Let her stay 10 days with us. We'll party. She can say goodbye to all of her friends, and we'll just have a farewell party. And Eliezer said, hinder me not. There's an urgency about this. I got to get her home. Don't hinder me. There's an urgency. So he wouldn't let her have the 10 days. Now, I like to imagine the next day when they got up, Rebecca packed her suitcase. She packed her bags. She threw them across that two-humped camel. And she's about ready to saddle and straddle that camel and ride back to Canaan some 750 miles, give or take. And as she does, there she is. She's riding. She kisses mom and dad goodbye. She waves farewell. Now, what I really want to dwell on for just a few minutes is the trip across the desert. Can you imagine how hot it was? Can you imagine? Anybody been in the desert? Anybody been in the desert? You know it gets cold at night. At night it's freezing. We traveled, my friend and I traveled across country and at nighttime you're, you're cold and the daytime you're hot. It's no easy journey and you have to build fires at night and you have to pitch tents at night. It's no easy task. But she stayed on that camel some 750 miles. I don't know how many days I tried to find that out too. I researched how many days did it take her to get from Mesopotamia back to Canaan, but I don't know. But I do know this, that one day when she pulled up and, and Isaac saw her, he liked what he saw. And she must have liked what she saw too. And there was a marriage. And, and, and I'll just leave it at that for now. But my point I want to get out to you tonight, the camels are coming. And what I really want you to take home with you tonight is this. Rebecca had to get from Mesopotamia to Canaan. There were no cars. There were no airplanes. Can't take a donkey. Can't take a, a, a horse. She had a camel that was equipped and designed to get her from there to there. How many of you know that one day God the Father sent out the Holy Spirit looking for a bride? And how many of you know one day he knocked on my door and he said, the Father, the Son is looking for a bride. 
Are you willing to go? And I'm glad that one day I nailed at an altar and I said, I will go. I'm willing to go. So you see, I am on my way, not from Mesopotamia to Canaan. I'm on my way from earth to heaven. And there has to be something that gets me there. There ha- I have to have a mode of, of transportation to get me there. And I want to tell you this. One day last year, January the 29th, I woke up and I looked out my window and there was a nasty looking camel. It was sickness. I went to my sister's house and I said, something's wrong. I don't feel well. I've never been sick in my life. Never. Never had a headache, never had a backache, never had a pain, never. But I knew something was wrong. And what I'm trying to say is, for about a year, I had to straddle the camel of sickness. Cut almost in two. Then I developed blood clots. I was on oxygen. I'm not saying that for your pity. There's people worse off than me. I'm well tonight. I had a test today and it came back normal. So I'm, I'm well tonight and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that there was a nasty camel I had to ride. You're going to have to ride some camels to get from earth to glory. There's going to be some camels, aren't there, Nina? One day you woke up and you looked out your window and there was the camel of cancer. You didn't want to ride that thing. But you know, when Rebecca was in the middle of the desert, she could have done many things. She was not a slave nor a servant. She could have said, Eliezer, I'm going to turn around. I'm not going to finish this trip. I'm going to turn around and go home. She could have gone home. Or she could have just said, man, I'm tired. I'm just going to die right here in the desert. I'm just going to die right here. You know what she did? She tightened the grip on the reins. And she said, I'm going all the way to Canaan. From Mesopotamia to Canaan. That's where I'm going to go. So tonight what I'm going to say is, in 220, we have ridden some bad camels. We looked out our window one day and we saw COVID, didn't we? And we've had to ride this camel. We've had to ride it. And some people want to give up. Some people don't understand. And they say, why would a loving God do this and a loving God do that? And they have all kinds of questions. But here's what I want to say. I refuse to die here in the desert. I refuse to turn around. There's nothing to turn around to. What I'm going to do is tighten the grip on my rein. And I'm going to ride this camel all the way till I see the bridegroom. And there's going to be a marriage supper one day. And I'm going to sit at the table with the marriage supper at the bridegroom with Jesus Christ himself. So that's what I'm saying. What camel is in your yard? Sometimes when I think of that little Richie, five years old, and I've got some friends here tonight, and I want to thank them for coming. All my friends that I invited, they're here. You didn't think I had any, did you? I had to pay them. I got to take them out after church and feed them, but they came. So my friends are here tonight, and I asked permission if I could talk about them, mention them. I got a friend back there tonight, Vanessa. She came to work one day. She worked in CT at the hospital. Somehow, I won't go into it, she got injured. And now she's in a wheelchair, has been for years. Unless the Lord touches her, she will probably die in that wheelchair. And I'm not speaking that into her life. I'm saying God can touch her. But what I'm saying is, Vanessa, when I was preparing this message, I thought of you. And I thought there's going to come a day, Vanessa, 
when you climb off that camel and you dismount that camel and you're going to run towards your bridegroom and you're going to see your bridegroom because she knows and loves Jesus. She one day too said, I will go, I will go. So she's on her way to, she is somewhere in the desert straddling a camel there in her wheelchair and her friend beside her, my friend too. She called me one day and she said, pray for me. She had been diagnosed with lymphoma. And I thought, you know, there'll be a day Nina, Diana, we don't fight cancer anymore. We will dismount that camel. You see, when you're diagnosed or when you go through some tests and trials, it separates the men from the boys. It separates the Christians from the non-Christians. It separates those that are true believers and those that just claim to believe. So what I'm saying tonight is I know that there are camels that are in your yard. Some people ride the camel of depression. Some people ride the camel of poverty. Some people ride, they're all different kinds of camels. And uh, I'm not going to be much longer, but I can remember that over in Northview on 14th Street, there lived a woman by the name of Elizabeth. And Mydra and Karen and I tried to help Elizabeth out when we could because Elizabeth had been a bad diabetic and she had lost one whole leg. She was also very, very sick. She couldn't see. She had very, very thick, thick glasses. Her pupils, when you looked at her, they were so big because of the magnification. And she lived in a house that was about ready to fall down around her. And she had pots and pans all over the floors when it rained. There was rain everywhere. The ceiling was coming down. It was a mess. And she had a little dog that she loved. The little dog's name was Rascal. And one day Rascal died. And when Elizabeth tried to get around the house, she would literally get down in the floor and and pull herself she would pull and take the trunk of her body and pull that one leg and then she drug herself down the steps and took a teaspoon and was out digging rascal's grave in her yard and when we would take her stuff it would break my heart to see the shack that she lived in to see her physical condition and one day I got down in the dirty floor and I just looked her eyeball to eyeball. And I put my arms around her and I said, Elizabeth, one day you'll have two legs. One day you can walk. Stay the course, Elizabeth. Right now, because of this message, I would look at her and I'd say, stay in the saddle, Elizabeth. Stay in the saddle. Don't dismount. Don't die in the desert. Don't give up on God. Don't feel sorry for yourself and turn back. And as far as I know, she died. She died alone. And she was in the house for so many days that her body stunk so that they had to tell all the neighbors to stay in the house while they carried her decayed body out. But she knew Jesus. So I'm telling you this. She's not got one leg now, but she's whole and in the presence of the Lord. And she is in heaven and she is singing the praises of God. She can see. She can run. She's different now. So I'm saying to you today, who knows what 2021 will hold? Who knows? Who knows? There will be some ugly, smelly, flea-bitten 
camels that might show up in your yard one day. You pull the blind up, and there he is. It may be sickness, disease, loneliness. Do you know how many people are lonely? But I want to tell you tonight that whatever camel God sends your way, it's just a mode of transportation to get from there to there. We got to get from earth to glory. And Paul says, I've got it over here. Paul says that we will go through much trial and tribulation. In Acts 14, we will go through much trial, tribulation, and hardship to get to the Lord. The ride may be bumpy and bouncy. Sand gets in your eyes. The temperature is unbearable in the desert. But stay in the saddle. One day, your journey will end. One day it will end. I've been beside those whose journey has ended. And one day we will see the bridegroom. No more wheelchairs. No more COVID. No more cancer. No more blood clots. We're going to see people that have died and gone on before. We're going to all be together. Solomon said in his Song of Solomon, Who is this coming up out of the wilderness? leaning on the arm of her beloved coming up out of the wilderness that would be me that would be you so I just want to say that I am a bride to be I'm a bride to be and one of these days I'm going to marry a man that I've never seen I've never seen Jesus I've never met Jesus in person but one day there's going to be a marriage and we're all going to be there at the marriage supper of the lamb and that should encourage us while we're in the wilderness to stay in the saddle you know this is not I'm not going to build any castles here or houses I'm just passing through we're just passing through you see Rebecca was just passing through you and I are just passing through so one day we will dismount we'll kiss our camels goodbye and we'll stand in the presence of the bridegroom himself he will look and he'll say father here she comes I see her father here she comes tonight I just want to ask you while you're just looking at me right now, I'm going to close in just a couple minutes. Usually on a Sunday night, most everybody knows Jesus. You know, your Wednesday night crowd and your Sunday night crowds are usually your faithful ones. They say the Wednesday night is the backbone of the church. But tonight, would you just bow your heads for a moment? If you're here Eliezer was a type of the Holy Spirit. God the Father has sent out the Holy Spirit here on earth. And you know what his job is? His job is to find a bride for Jesus. And when he does, he'll come up to your driveway and knock at your door one time. He might be knocking at your heart's door tonight. And he's saying, I need a bride for my son. Will you come? I think all of us or most of us in this room said, I will go. And we've ridden some camels, haven't we? We've had some hard times. We've been through the desert. We've seen the sandstorms. We've seen uh, the coldness at night, the change in temperature. We've seen all of that. 
But I don't know of anyone here that says, I'm going to turn back, tighten the grip, grit your teeth, and say, I'm going to make it all the way to Canaan. Tonight, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, would you just slip up your hand and say, I don't know Jesus. Never ask him into my heart. Is there anybody here tonight that would say, right now I'm riding a camel and I don't like it. I don't like the camel I'm on. Is there anybody that raise your hand? I see those hands. I'm riding camel and I don't like the camel I'm on, but I'm not turning back and I'm not dying out here in the desert. I'm going to tighten my grip and go on. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank you.